guys, welcome back to Liberty Diner Dish. I am Ken. I'm Michelle. Yes, and we're about to jump right into another episode of Queers Folk. All right, we got 102, so the second part of the premiere coming up today. Yay! Yeah, so much happened in 101. Just, oh my gosh, so much. I know, we tried to give you a little bit of everything, a little taste of um, every character, every scene that was popping off, because yeah. they, they unfolded so much in that one episode, they unpacked a lot of me. We are picking up and it is the next morning and just something I want to point out uh, with this show is that in 101, well, the first part of the premiere, we got to see them at Babylon, you know, they're just having good night out with each other. And then today we're getting to see them like, these are normal people. They've got to get up. They've exactly. Got to turn off the alarm clock, put on the tie, go to work, go to school if you're Justin. And so I really like that they are presented as whole people. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy that. You know, we're used to seeing... Uh, the gay character be like the sidekick or the hairdresser or something, but they get to be whole people. In the or story. people in general could just think, oh, he's gay. Um, he's not going to work a professional job, but they're all working these high profile professional yeah. jobs. Like you not know? every gay man is yes. a florist or a Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it breaks those molds down, those molds down. For sure. And, um, and they do it, it in a way that's not like shoving in your face or preachy. It's just very like, this is who we are. Exactly. And I mean, and it, it just works. I mean, gay, straight, we're still people. We have to work. Yeah. You could be yeah. the <laughs> smartest gay man in the world, you know, and hold the highest position. So, I mean, yeah, they just broke it down in a simple way. All right, so this one starts out and we've got a three-way phone call happening between Ted, Michael, and Emmett. Emmett. And it's showing them all kind of in what they do mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis. So we've got Ted and he is uh, streaming porn at work. So the, the <laughs> firewall at his job is just non-existent. No, not at all. <laughs> and then we have Emmett and... Uh, um, Emmett is doing the most, as <laughs> Emmett usually does. Yeah. Um, yeah, stuffing stuffing down the mannequin's yeah. front, is all <laughs> yeah. we're going to say. And then Michael is at his job and we find out something about Michael. Michael here, he sees a gay couple at work and one of his co-workers points it out and starts snickering about it because, you know, we're in the third grade and we're on the exactly. playground. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And so, but what we find out from that and then another exchange later is that, is that Michael is in the closet at work. Yeah, which I kind of did not see coming. No, but I can definitely relate to that. I remember uh, my first job as me, when I was coming out, I was a server um, and just meeting, just coming out in general is very difficult. Yeah. And then especially going to work. I mean, it was difficult coming out to your family, but they're going to love you no matter what. That's family in some cases. But at work, you're meeting brand new strangers. A lot of people always in your business and yeah. you, you, they asking you personal things and you have to disclose things that you're really not comfortable with. So I can understand that right. because my very first job as a server, I literally... I'm not gonna say pretended to be straight, but I I, I but masked it a lot. I didn't. You didn't highlight the fact. No, that you I were didn't. Gay. Yeah. I didn't hide it, but I also didn't highlight it, like you said. And um, it was until maybe months, months down the line when um, someone I never forget, someone asked me. They was like, "Oh my gosh, she's a really good looking girl," and I was like, "Yeah," and he's a very handsome guy. And then that oh, just wow. and, and yeah. something just so small and subtle. It wasn't like I was drooling over the guy or anything like that. Uh -huh. And um, it was just like, what, what? And it just kind of threw everybody for a surprise. Yeah. But um, I kind of softened the blow. But I see where Michael's coming from. It's, it can be scary trying to be accepted by your coworkers. So. Right, yeah. And we'll, we'll pick that up in a minute. Don't let me forget. That's something that I want us to come back to. Okay. Uh, we're talking about being, being gay, being out in your 
in your place of uh, work. We also get to see Brian at work, and uh, I don't know where it's exactly spelled out, but Brian is an ad exec, and he is giving a pitch there to some clients, and um, the woman is like not hiding the fact that she, she yes. is, um, yeah. She's here for it, for she, sure. Yeah, she, for real, he can get all of it. And then <laughs> there's a man there, and it's like kinda maybe he's interested, but we don't really know. <laughs> no, you, you, you don't, but um, I have this thing, well, a lot of gay people, it's not just me, we have this thing that's called gaydar. Yeah. So when you're gay, there's certain little looks there's little hand gestures. There's movements that you know. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, Brian could definitely pick up and sense. A little spidey sense came out. You could, yeah, you could yeah. just see it. You, oh, you yeah. just knew. We think Brian might be check, uh, being checked out, but Justin is definitely at school in the locker room checking out booties. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dropping books for that extra five seconds of yeah, stare time. Yeah, and um, you know, this has kind of been... Probably been Justin's uh, only exposure to other men. Exactly. In, you know, I guess in that way, it's just kind of like whatever peak, uh, sneak peak, peaks yeah, that he can actually get, get in the locker room. Exactly. And he doesn't even play athletics. So the fact that he's even in the locker room, <laughs> yes, like, okay, why are, you, like, why are you even in the locker room? You're, you're not even in PE. This is not PE. This is athletics, <laughs> yeah. the football team. And I didn't he's, even think about yeah, that. for real though, he's lurking around the corner. But I mean, at that age when you don't have anyone to talk to, you you're not out and things like that. Um, you do what you can do yeah. to, to get your feel. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not mad at you, Justin. Get your peeps on. Yeah, you go right ahead, Justin. <laughs> okay, so then we go out, and we're on the practice field with uh, Daphne and Justin. Justin. And I love this moment. I love that Justin has a Daphne in his life. And I just love Daphne, too. Um, and so he's telling her, he's like, hey, guess where I was last night? She was like, at home sleep, like everybody else. And nope. Like, nope. I was out with Brian. And he starts telling her about, you know. What, what we, they did. Yeah. yeah. And like, not not uh, holding back. And this kind of reminds me, so one of my friends who came out to me in the conversation, he said, yeah, so... I had a boyfriend when we were when we were younger, and then he's like, and I found out that I have no gag reflex, and I oh. was like, I don't really know what that means, uh -huh. <laughs> and I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that situation. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh... Am I supposed to be happy for you? <laughs> come out to you in this kind of way. <laughs> and she was so accepting. She yeah. had she passed no judgments at all. No, like she you didn't get like a gasp from her or anything. Nothing. And then, and then she's like, you know, I kind of suspected even though you never told me. And what I like, she never pressed him on exactly. it. Exactly. Cuz I know that's an interesting thing like for me, as a as a straight woman and having a friend who I know is gay, I would think that I was doing him a favor or a kindness by going up to him and saying, like, hey, I know that you're gay. But to some people, that would not. No, that's so intrusive. You yeah. know, like... You're not ready. When we're ready, right. then I mean, it, the time will come, and then you are, you are put it out there. But to have someone come to you, I was outed by a family member. I yeah. was not ready, and that turned into a terrible, terrible battle. Yeah. I mean, extremely battle because you didn't give me a chance to let me fully accept who I was. I'm really coming into myself trying to figure this out. I mean, just to tell the whole world that you know I'm the total opposite mm -hmm. of what the world perceives you to be. You know, like it's a lot. It's yeah, a lot. yeah. So even when yeah, for me. Who would think that I was helping? Like I didn't even realize that how you would unintentionally out somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, know, you said like I would think that oh I'm doing you know I'm freeing you. Or right. But just what you said is a huge thing that people don't mm -hmm. think about. And so I, I, that makes me really like Daphne's response to this. Like she's not shook at all by it. And, and uh, you know Justin point blank asks her, "Are you shocked?" And she's like, "No, I I kind of 
you know, figured. And, exactly. Yeah, so. And she just let him know that um, I'm your best friend. I love you no matter what. So yeah. you can always talk to me, basically. And, yeah. and and you gotta have one of those people in your life, in your corner, mm -hmm. um, dealing with you know serious and um, emotional issues like this. So yeah. And this is the only per aside from you know Brian. This is the only person in his life who knows this about him you know, at this point. So just a cool moment with them. I even like her facial expressions as as he's telling her. He's like, first it felt like a broom up there, and then she's kind of like, oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> but then like as he starts talking about, but but Brian was kind uh -huh. and he kissed me. Like her face kind of softens because this is her friend, and right. she's like, I don't want you know anybody hurting him mm -hmm. or taking advantage of him. So just a very sweet moment with them. And I love that she asked, "Do you love him?" Yeah, you know, like <laughs> that was right at the top. Yeah, it just mm -hmm. so reminds me that they are seventeen. Exactly, like one one little um, connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that your man? <laughs> yeah. You love him already? Yeah. But um, and uh, he's like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, I do love him. Exactly. It was Justin. that puppy love. Yeah. It was so cute. And so I think in Justin's mind, and like what that a seventeen-year-old can understand, like I think he does love him, and he says that Brian says that he loved him. We don't really know if that's true, but I don't. You know, it could be because Brian was high. Exactly, so. <laughs> and he, Brian didn't even remember the night before. He right. didn't even remember his baby. I so, know, and that is a huge thing. So Brian could have said all kinds of and stuff. And you also say a lot of things in the heat of the moment too. Right. You know, yeah, so, so it, it was definitely was not meant to be taken the way Justin took it. Exactly, <laughs> but, but again, he's seventeen. He doesn't right. know, and it was his first time. So, right. And I mean, look at all Brian exposed him to that. All in you all, know, like, an amount of five to six hours, he exactly. he met the whole family, all the friends, oh, yeah. the house. <laughs> I mean, named the baby, like, everything. Yeah, so, you drove him to school. Yeah. Like, they have, yeah, so it's like they've already lived like a lifetime together. Exactly. <laughs> so. If that was lesbian years, they'd be married. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> No offense, I love my lesbian girls. I love y'all. Yeah, love y'all. Um, okay, so uh, we're back in Brian's um, boardroom or whatever, and he's doing his his pitch, and uh, he's there, and he's like flipping this green apple, and that like kept sticking with me, but I couldn't figure out why. So, Kenneth, what is your take on it? Yeah, that? my take on it is like the apple. It kind of symbolizes like the forbidden fruit because that scene where Justin and Daphne are talking as well, Daphne bites into a red apple and um, yeah, and she did, she wrote it, she bit into a red apple as Justin is telling her about Brian and the scene that um, Michelle's talking about, Brian bit into the green apple, but it, to me it symbolizes like the forbidden fruit, you know, Especially like. Especially when that guy sitting there flipping his wedding ring mm -hmm. as he's eyeing Brian. Exactly, Brian. exactly. Yeah. And Brian eats the apple and he's he's hanging on to every word of Brian. Um, that Brian is saying. Yeah, yeah. And then, so as that part is wrapping up, the whole uh, boardroom pitch thing, uh, the guy's like, oh, where's the restroom? So he walks off, and then one of Brian's coworkers comes up to him, and she's saying... He's married she's with like, children. Yeah, he's married, he's got two kids. And, I, and so, side note, I want to highlight the showrunners say that they try to make, they make an effort to never moralize or judge the characters. And so a lot of times they don't make them have to be right or wrong. They don't condemn or condone what they're doing. And so they're just putting it out there like, hey, this is something that happens. Here's a man. And it happens. And came, in, came into town and True. looking for some action and, you know, 
Here's what happened. Exactly. It happens a lot, too. I mean, you'll be surprised on, you know, how many there married men there are on the DL, which is yeah. the down low. I mean, it, it really does. It happens a lot. Yeah. And it's those times when they're away from the family and they're out of town. They're going to do those quick little experiences that they'll think no one ever find out about. Yeah. But, I mean, it happens a lot. Yeah. So they just kind of put it out there. They don't hide from the fact that it's real. They just put it out there. So we were in the bathroom, and it's pretty clear what signals are being sent between these two men. Out of 10 <laughs> stalls, they're standing right next to each other. Right. But let's touch on another note. I mean, you would know this, but why is it that the bathroom is always the cruising area, okay? Like For it, real, I would not be yeah, thinking about this. The bathroom right is not the place to go pick up, okay? They're having full conversation, shaking hands, and I mean, come on, it's the bathroom. It, no, it should yeah. not be the cruising area. I know, mm -hmm. I know. Uh, there will be, well, we'll just talk about it later. <laughs> so, uh, the client's like, well, it's been a pleasure. And Brian's like, well, it can be. It can be more so. Something <laughs> like that. You know, something very Brian can Yes. And drags him into the bathroom. And then he is, like, all over this guy. And the guy's like, well, I don't kiss. And Brian's like, oh, sure you don't. And mm -hmm. then just attacks him. And so, but what I want to highlight in this one is the difference between how Brian is with this guy and how he was with, with, Justin. with Justin. And so this really feels, Brian's like all over him, looking him like up and down. Mm -hmm. But I really feel like this was more about power. It was. And it was way more aggressive where mm -hmm. he was more sensual with Justin. Right. He slowed down and showed him the ropes. And yeah. this one's like, turn around, let's get to it. You yeah, know. this was be like dominance mm -hmm. because this it was. is a man who is living out in the world as a straight man. So, it, so would be presumed to be mm -hmm. more manly exactly. than Brian. And Brian's like, I'm going to own you. Exactly. I'm going to bend you over and give you <laughs> what you came here for. Yeah. And um, this man is living a fake truth. He's presenting himself to be a straight guy. Right, got the right. wife, got the kids, got the American dream on the outside. But on the inside, he really is a closet yeah. gay. And I don't think Brian has much respect for any closet gays. Yeah, no, definitely not. And that'll come up in a little bit. So Michael is at work and he's being kind of set up by Marley. You know, they're trying to get him to, they're trying to find out if he's interested in Tracy, one of the co-workers. And Marley's like, you know, I've never heard you talk about any girls. And she's like flipping her messy, ribs. Very messy. Mm -hmm. Like very childish. Like get to work, Marley. Check people out. Do your job. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> get out of my business. We should have called HR on her anyway. Yeah. That's harassing. Yeah. So just like super patronizing and basically corners Michael to where he, you're going to drinks with us tonight. That's what's happening. Don't say anything else about it. Exactly. So she... You know, forces his hand to go out and have a straight night, and um, and he can't say no. Yeah. But now he's stressing. Yeah. So he's at the gym. Yeah, stressing. So he's going to take it out on some weights at the gym, and he's there with Emmett and Ted, and uh, he's like telling them all kind of what's happening, and then. Ted and Emmett are having a conversation about there being no real men left. Exactly. <laughs> and they're not even paying Michael any attention. And Michael's poor and got his poor little heart. But yeah. they're focused on, you know, the Pex guy and yeah. the guy in the red cute little shorts. Yeah, and the guy who turns out to be a Nelly Bottom. Yes, and they thought he was going to be one of those power tops. But, yeah. Uh, so they're all over the place. But you find out, like, Emmett is a good friend because even though he was distracted, he was listening. But Ted brings up a good point. And this is what we touched on earlier. And I said, we were going to come back to Ted says you know he lives he's working out in the real world where him he can't just he doesn't have the freedom to just be mm -hmm. who he is and come out there because he'll be stuck being true. the assistant manager forever yeah. you know that's the conversation he and Michael are having and unfortunately that's so true where 
just because of your sexual orientation, yeah. you can get a promotion or can't you know be qualified mm-hmm. for a certain. It's like, what does that have to do? Exactly. With the, Michael works at the big cute, which not taking thing away from right. the department stores, <laughs> but it's like this is like being president. Exactly. You know, he works at the big cute, and but just that's the real world. Uh, and even though I know they're in a big city, for some reason I feel like it's a small town, yeah, small town mindset. Definitely, yeah, the yeah. Liberty Avenue. Is, yes, yeah. it is. Like it's like you really have to watch what you say and watch your moves because I feel like everyone's watching you. Yeah, you know, yeah. So. I do like how Emmett finishes this. He says, I'd rather my flame burn bright than be some puny little pilot like. Exactly. Go Emmett. And, you know, this is where we see, we'll see it more later, maybe, but Emmett and Brian have some things in common. Like, Emmett's not ashamed of who he is. No, he is not. We talked about this before, but not just in being like... Um, you know, an effeminate man, but Emma's like, everything about me is who I am. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, and he walks his truth. He's basically yeah. just living his truth, and he's proud of it. And again, it just goes back to my statements when I talked about Emmett in our last episode. I mean, he's just bold. Yeah. He's fearless, and he's going to literally live his best life and put um, put his truth forward. So yeah. I can definitely respect that. Yeah. All right. So now we go home with Justin, and he is rummaging through his closet and talking to who we will find out is his mom. Uh, and she's like, Justin, I want to do something as a family tonight. He's like, no, I'm going out. <laughs> yeah, real snotty. Yeah. But uh, he has to hold his ground because he's not going to let anything stop him from getting to his man. Okay? Yeah, it's like, I've had me a taste of bride kitty yes. and I'm going back for seconds. Exactly, yes. <laughs> I want a second helping of that tonight yeah. ASAP. Yeah, but the one thing that I'm thinking about while I'm watching this scene with Justin and his mom is like, not in my mama house. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> at one point, he throws something and hits yeah. his mom in the face. It was just a piece of clothing, but... Yeah. Boy, if I would have looked at my mom wrong, I was getting yeah. the right hook. So, <laughs> real, um, snatched up real quick. She's very lenient with him, but I feel that she knows. A mom, Moms always know. She suspects. She knows yes. something's she knows going something's on. Going Even on. if she doesn't know all of it, she definitely knows something is going on. So, I feel like she's just trying to be more lenient and more... Um, respectful and just wanted him to talk to her and start some type of conversation, some dialogue, so she could have uh, have a connection with him, but he's shutting her out at the moment. Yeah. And some people are, um, you know, it hurts my heart, but some people don't like Justin, definitely not in season one, because they feel like he's kind of bratty and annoying. But you got to remember, he's 17. So even though in a lot of ways he's mature and we'll kind of get to see that play out, but at this point, like... This is a 17-year-old kid. He's got his first crush, yes. his first love or whatever. He thinks he knows there it There ain't all. nothing you can tell mm-hmm. a person like that. Nope. Yeah. So this is just, this just comes with the territory. Um, all right. So then Brian is giving Michael a ride to his date with Tracy from work. And they're talking. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that Brian... You know, kind of has no tolerance for people who are in the closet. Uh, absolutely. So he's kind of going off on Michael's like, hey, you should just tell him the truth. You know, don't be lying True. and playing games and just tell him what's going on. And Michael says, well, hey, I noticed you got the Jeep repainted. Uh-huh. So, like, I thought you was loud and yeah, proud. You didn't real. care about the but, faggot word. Yeah, but I think it shows that Brian understands that, like, time and place yes. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I know that and I feel that way, but I also know that I have to operate in this world. True. So I've got to kind of pick and choose my battles. Yeah. And especially because that was a company car. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I don't think they're going to approve of you just riding around with that on the vehicle. Not um, at all. So Michael walks into this place and it's complete opposite of Liberty Avenue. I mean, they got country music playing. Yes, it's footballs on the TV. Yeah, there's a sign on the wall. It's like Quaker State, which I just thought was a cool observation. Mm-hmm. But 
But I like how I was telling Kenneth, I like how it's shot almost the same way when Justin first gets to Liberty Avenue. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so he's having that. He's taking, headlight. yeah, taking everything in. Yeah, like, yeah, like this is yeah. foreign to me. But exactly. Okay, we gonna, we gonna do this. And he sucks it up and he goes in. And yeah. I was very proud of him because they tried to throw every curveball at him to try to shake his little spirit and see if he was gonna be gay. And uh, he showed him what was yeah, up. Yeah, because you could tell clearly they had been talking about yes. him. And they were just like, it's like they were like setting they was, yeah, traps they, they, they for were setting for traps. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And it goes back to it goes back to when um Michael was at the job and what's her name? Uh Tracy or uh, Marley. Marley. Yeah. When Marley was like, Well, I've never even heard you speak about any girls. Do yeah. you like girls? I mean, she's antagonizing him. She you sure know? is, yeah. And um she's just trying to get a response out of him. Yeah. And and so back at the bar, you can definitely tell that those couples had already had conversations behind his back when he was there, you yeah. know, when he was gone. And um and he proved them all wrong. Yeah. And well, Emmett came in clutch because he had given him that magazine. Oh, yes, yeah, he did. He was clutch. Like, they're studying that. And yeah, <laughs> thank God. was able to pull some of those quotes to get him out of a sticky situation. He sure did. There. And when I say he came through with that football knowledge, he did. Shut him yeah. up. I was like, pick up your chin, man. Pick up yeah. your chin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We get a scene where Brian is at um, Mel and Lindsay's house mm -hmm. and they're talking about a life, life insurance, insurance policy. policy and they that they want Brian to sign so that if something happens to him, the Gus baby will be taken care the, of. Yeah, Gus will be the beneficiary. And Brian is like not having it. But Melanie is pretty insistent. And so they're kind of getting into this little thing. And I think Brian thinks that Melanie is the one that's in control of this and he really feels like he just, she wants him out of the way. Yeah. Like she would even set up some type of scheme to get him out the way. Yeah. I mean, it was a million dollar policy so I mean, it's not chump change. Right. And um, he basically like, oh yeah, me getting hit by a train or whatever mm -hmm. the case, you 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 just trying to set yourself up for the money. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna like still about two minutes from a scene from before, like Brian feels like, you just want my money. Mm -hmm. like, you know, like y'all got the kid, mm -hmm. y'all Y'all want to throw me out because Brian's still trying to figure out how he wants to be involved. Exactly. In what? Life. How does he fit he in that clearly, puzzle? From episode one, he clearly has some type of connection with that baby when mm -hmm. he held it for the first time. But he's still trying to figure out how far he wants to take that, and right. then also how far they're going to let him take. Exactly, because he can't um, overstep his bounds. That is a whole relationship, right? So. And then so him and Mel are kind of exchanging barbs with each other, and then he's like, "I can only imagine what kind of death you dreamed up for me." And she was like, "You know, if you get sick, which is insinuating." HIV and AIDS. Right. It's, it's like wishing it low, on him. Yeah, Very low. Low, 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 dirty of Mel. Yeah. But then you also have to see her side. Yes, it's a low blow, but we all know, just judging from that first scene, right. Brian has multiple sex partners in the night. Yeah, he like had, she does the math on yeah, it. Yeah, she does the and math. And he doesn't deny it. No, and he does not. <laughs> I mean, and he, he he talks about it freely and he openly, he's proud. Yeah. But just from that opening scene from the first episode with the back, the back room scene with the guy, and then yeah. he, he didn't finish up, but that still happened. Right. And and then pulling Justin right on back to the house. I mean, that's two partners within the last two hours. Right, right. So, I mean, and he could have been having more action at exactly that one beforehand. beforehand. Yeah, so. So it's not like she's off base. True, yeah. So she, yeah, she's not off base. So I mean, she has valid points, but it's the way she come about it because right. they don't have that relationship. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's, it's like people can only, and a lot of a lot of fans of the show 
only see the negative, mm -hmm. but I think it is important to see it from Melanie's perspective. Yeah, I definitely she's see She's fighting it. for her spot she's in an her alpha. relationship. Yeah, she's, she's the alpha, just alpha. like he is, so they clash. They, they definitely butt heads. But I want to say this. This is why it is important to get your paperwork right. They should have had all of this. Yes. How this was going to play out. I mean, I know we're all friends or whatever, but they should have had this lined out, how this is going to play out. How no, we're seriously. Gonna, yeah, handle The baby should have been born, and then his rights should have been signed over. Yeah. And they should have had some type of boundary set in play so everybody is, is fine because yeah. to be honest my heart kind of goes out to Melanie I mean yeah. she's kind of like feeling left out and unappreciated mm -hmm. I mean she wasn't able to actually produce a child right. she didn't produce any of the sperm mm -hmm. she's sitting there with her wife watching her wife hold and connect with Brian because that is his baby as well. Right. I mean, they already have a, a tricky relationship already. So, I mean, I see where she's coming from. Yeah. I mean, she's feeling left out and you unappreciated. Know, that made me remember even at the hospital when he walks in, Lindsay's like, he looks just like you. And Lindsay's trying to make, you make know, him feel innocent good. Mm -hmm. comment. But think of Mel. She's like, this baby really has nothing to do with exactly. me. You know? And so... Yeah. Open Get your paperwork right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Friends are not friends. You yeah, know? for Get real. Get the paperwork right, always. Um, we go back to the bar with Michael, with Michael at this point. He gets this a is call. where he gets a phone call mm -hmm. from Brian, and Brian's like, I'm coming to get you. But by this point, Michael's actually enjoying himself and yep. having a good time with uh, Mean Marley and Tracy mm -hmm. and the other people. And Brian's like, no, I'm coming to get you because I need you. And then uh, he's like, there are only two kind of straight people in the world. Um, those who hate you to your face and those who hate you behind and your back. And it goes back to me saying, Brian has something against, you know, like the straight world. I mean, mm -hmm. he's he definitely had some issues in the past and he hasn't gotten over them yet. Yeah. Um, uh, what I see from this moment is how much control Brian has over Michael's life. Yes, always. Yeah. Because again, Br Michael dropped everything he was doing, even though he was having a great time with his friends that he just made. Yes, it was a fake at first. Yeah, the setup was yeah, kind of, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was a little but... janky. But he was having a good time. And he even told him, I'm actually having a good time right now. Yeah. And But what? Brian makes him drop yeah. everything. Brian so. calls, Michael goes running. Yeah. Okay, and they run to, um, I think it's Woody's, but they go to this bar and Emmett is up there doing karaoke and then uh, Justin's there. Yes. Justin was like looking for Brian to show up. So Brian walks in and immediately sees Justin's like, oh, great. Yes. <laughs> and then he walks over to him. It's, Brian's so funny sometimes because he, I don't mean funny haha, -ha, I mean funny as an Acting? Weird to, yeah. yeah, like, and hard to interpret sometimes. We call that sometimey. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> he walks up to Justin, acknowledges him there, but then he makes some, like, snarky comment, like, hey, Dawson, how's it going at the creek? Yeah. You know? And then he's, like, immediately over it because Justin's there. And uh, he tells Michael, he's like, let's go. And at this point, Ted and Emmett have joined them, and then they're like, why? We just got here. He's like, I've had everyone here. I love Ted. He's like, yeah, so have I. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, In <Teddy>. his mind. <laughs> like, oh, Teddy, love yes. you. And then, but Michael says, well, you haven't had me. Oh, I love this scene. It was yeah. juicy. Yeah. And then, so they're like, what? What does that mean? What's happened? And so and then Brian tells the story of what happened with him and Michael. Yeah, it was backstory. It was a back history. Yeah, um, I love backstory. Yeah, I love the backstory. So Brian and Michael apparently have been friends since they were um, about teenagers, about 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, they were in Michael's um, childhood room and they were doing some studying. But then they actually discovered a magazine that Michael's mom had left left laying around and it was some old photos of Patrick Swayze with a shirt off from um from Dirty Dancing and um yeah it got, got them a little, little yeah a little hot and heavy definitely <laughs> hot and handsy, yeah. 
Yes, two points for you too, Shaq. Okay. But yes, it got hot, heavy, and handsy. And um, before, you know, they could actually finish and release, um, the mom comes bursting through the door and catching them. So yeah. it's always been this... This, I think, cat and mouse chase with Michael and Brian. Michael has always been trying to, you know, recapture that moment that the, yeah. I feel like they missed out on yeah. because he never got to finish. So it's like, you know, something that's left un, un you know, unclosed. Yeah. So he yeah. just, he always want to finish that. So that's why he's always, to me, that's why he's always running for Brian. Yeah. So I love something Justin says at the end of this. Mike Brian says, uh, and then his mom bursts in, and Justin's like, they always do that. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he can relate to that right now in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. uh, so then they're talking, and uh, uh, Justin makes a comment about Patrick Swayze, or that movie, Dirty Dancing, mm -hmm. being old. And then uh, Brian's like, excuse you? <laughs> and then he asks Brian's like, well, how old are you? And then all the friends, I love their reactions, because they know that this is a sensitive subject for Brian. Justin Guess is like, what, 34? Yeah, he's like 33, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, Brian is not happy with not that. Not at all. <laughs> he's still trying to downplay his age later on in the scene. Yeah. But he's actually 29 years old, and yeah. he's pissed that his friends is out of his age. <laughs> For real? You know, yeah, he's pissed. And, you know, and it, it goes to, you know, in the gay community, you forever want to be young, you know? Mm -hmm. You always want to have that flawless, youthful skin. And Brian is pushing 30. And to me, 30 is the new 20. But yeah. for him, it's like, you know, one foot in the grave. Right. And um, so he definitely didn't even want to hear those words, damn near 30. Like, that mm -hmm. just really just killed his buzz. Yeah. And that's when he was really ready to go. Oh, yeah. So then he <laughs> storms out, and he is pissed now. And he's outside, and... Uh, of course, and old Michael, faithful Michael, comes chasing after him. The usual. He's like, hey, you can't leave us here with Justin. He's your responsibility. And Brian's like going off about responsibility. He's like, I'm not responsible to Melanie and Lindsay. I'm not responsible to Justin. I only have responsibility to myself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, then Michael's like, you need to calm down. Then you know, Brian gives him a hug. He's like, okay, I got to go. And then he drives off. But what gets yeah. me is like he made Michael leave what he was doing to come with him. For five minutes. And then he gets pissy and is like, I'm out. I'm leaving. And <laughs> left him standing there. Yeah. And left left him to watch over Justin as yeah, well. So yeah. And then Emmett and Ted are there, but they're like, we're going, we're going out, we're going over here. But Michael does have a heart, you yes. know, and even though he was very snarky to Justin in the first episode, He's and very even caring, in this one though. too, he is still very caring. Mm -hmm. And so he he, you know, kind of default to that. So he takes Justin under his wing and they go to the Liberty Diner. Whoop, whoop. Shout out to Liberty Downer. Yes, our namesake. And what I love about the diner is it is a place where like anybody is welcome and nobody feels out of place there. And I just really like that. I like what it becomes later in the show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at this point, we've met several of our playmates and we're starting to meet more. We're getting introduced to more of the playgrounds. Like we've been to Babylon. We've been to Brian's Loft. We've been to Woody's. And now we're mm -hmm. at the diner. It's just a staple of the community. Yeah. Everybody in that community knows the diner. Yeah. And once we enter the diner, we get an introduction to this very fun character. I mean, she has bright red hair, yeah. colorful outfit, earrings. <laughs> I mean, she's the waitress. She is everything. Her name is Debbie. Yeah. And um, the fact that what makes me love her so much is that she knows that community in and out. She knows when she sees a new face or not. Right off the bat, she was like, oh, wow, I've never seen you before. Yeah. She knew. But it lets me know that 
it's a very safe place. Yeah. Everybody knows everyone. Everyone's looking out and protecting everyone, especially when you come to the Liberty Diner. So Yeah, so yeah, and that's what we hope to achieve here. But uh, <laughs> Kenneth, that reminds me of something that I wanted to ask you. And after you had come out, or maybe you were still closet at this point, I don't really know, but where was the first place that you went to where you felt welcomed and comfortable and like you were not in the the minority but you know oh i remember like that was yesterday um i went to this place called s4 it's still here now and um it's a, a dance club very similar to babylon i mean extreme especially back then it, yeah. very similar to babylon and i just remember walking in and just feeling free because mm -hmm. in my college days my earlier or i was still college age when i came out but my first like 18 to 19 years old I was doing like the straight clubs and it just wasn't for me. I was only going just to fit in. Yeah. My my roommates were going. I just want I just had to go, mm -hmm. you know, because I couldn't risk being outed, you know, yeah. and or being considered different and not chasing girls. Um, even though it's something that I really had no interest in doing. But I remember when I finally um, had enough courage, I went to S4. I said, I'm going, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And I finally got all the courage, and I went. I waited in that line, and I almost talked myself out of it. But you yeah. know what? I finally made it in there, and it was lit. Yeah. Okay, it was so lit. It was live. And it felt good because I was surrounded by people I know that had the same mindset as me. Well, a very similar mindset. Not yeah. exact, but yeah. I knew we were here for the same purpose. We'd have a good time. I was in a safe zone, a safe place. I mean, it was just so much fun. The energy level was high. Yeah. I had never been around, like, in the straight clubs. A lot of guys don't dance. It's a lot of standing around. You're just chasing and making these cat calls at the girls. I mean, it's boring. When I went to S4, everybody was up on their feet. It yeah. just felt like a celebration. It was, it was exciting. Mm -hmm. Tons of energy and I, I'm, I'm all about energy and I just remember that like it was yesterday and yeah. I knew that I made the right decision. That's cool. Um, okay, so they are sitting at the diner and uh, Justin's talking to Michael and he says, you know, I came all the way to see him and then he just kind of runs off and Michael's like, listen, you got to understand this. Brian doesn't do boyfriends. You're not his mm -hmm. boyfriend. And um, Justin says, well, you don't know how he was with me, like the things he did, the things he said. And that's really true. Yep. Um, like they didn't get to see how they they're used to seeing Brian in action in the back room. I mean, exactly. Michael, first episode, walked back there. And we're just standing there. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hey, we need just have like normal conversation. Exactly. Like, yeah. OK, you got your dick <laughs> yeah. OK. Yeah. So <laughs> they are they're used to seeing Brian in action in that way. But uh, they didn't get to see what was going on with Justin. And just and think about this from Justin's perspective. It's like you, he picked me up. He took me home. He um, you know, was kind and gentle. He talked to me. Mm -hmm. um, he listened to me the way he treated him. They took him to meet his kid, let him name the kid. Like to, It was a lie. You can kind of understand why Justin would think this was something special. Exactly, because off. The first meeting of someone, you don't do that. You don't introduce them to your whole circle of friends. Right. You definitely don't take them to the hospital to meet your brand new newborn child. Right. And then, you know, the actually the, the, the partners who actually had the baby, you just you just wouldn't do that. So mm -hmm. I mean he he put him in a position where he was meant to believe that this was something yeah, real, this yeah. was something special, this is more than just a hookup. Yeah, you know? and even if Brian wasn't intentionally doing that, like it still happened. And yes. so Justin's not completely crazy. No, he's not. To and be thinking and also, Brian knows how a 17 year old mind He thinks. sure does. He does, but Brian enjoys being in control. Yeah. So it's a controlling thing. Like mm -hmm. he controls the situation. He has this young kid chasing after him, which he enjoys. It's yeah. a, it's feeding that ego of his. He's all about the right. ego. So it's feeding his ego 
but at the same time, he's still a caring person, but he doesn't show it yeah. uh, until you break down those layers. Like I said last time, he's like an onion. You got to peel it back. And the more you peel, the sweeter he gets. He's a yeah. sweet onion, you know, yeah. so... Yeah, um, right now he ain't very sweet. No, <laughs> no, no. He's right now he's the one to make you cry. For real, he, yes, very tear jerky. Yeah, yeah te- uh, te- and a jerk. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. tear jerk and jerk. Yes. Uh, okay, so like you said, we got to meet Debbie and um, Michael and Justin are leaving the diner, and Justin tells him, "Hey, you are so lucky that your mom is cool about you mm-hmm. being gay." And Michael probably does take that for granted because it's what he's known. Exactly. He doesn't know anything different. And Justin says, if my mom knew, she would kill me. Exactly. And so it's just like a, a really neat thing. He introduced him into his world. Yeah. Um, They they introduced each other into their world. Yeah. Because all he had ever seen was um, Michael chasing after Brian. Brian, go here. Drive here. Take me here. Mm -hmm. Go here. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this and that. And um, so when Michael was able to spend some time with him at the diner and actually have a conversation with him and, you know, not boss him around, but just be accepting and just listen, he introduced him to that world. And then he met his mom, who was super cool. She was friendly. She was understanding and loving um, Love Debbie. Yeah, exactly. She's she's a sweetheart. It made him really reflect on what he's missing with his parents. Yeah. And then, like you said, Michael is taking it for granted because Debbie is such a wonderful mother. Yeah. She's very understanding, very loving. And even though Justin's parents are trying to do the same, his mom is trying to do the same thing. She hasn't been so accepting. So I mean, right. And just you can you can probably assume we don't know a whole lot, but we're going to make some assumptions. We can assume that Justin is not grown up in an environment that would necessarily embrace that. Exactly. Yeah. Because otherwise he possibly would have. Would have already told her. Would have already told her. Yeah. Okay. So they come outside and what you said is true. Like they've kind of, in a way, not very deep, but they've in a way bonded after Mm -hmm. this conversation because Michael makes another snarky comment. It's like, do you want me to drive you home? And Justin's like, no, I borrowed a friend's car. And Michael says, you don't don't have have your your own little beam. beam." Mm -hmm. But Justin doesn't get offended or hurt. He's just like, I'm working on it. And they kind of laugh about Mm -hmm. it. But then, you know, Michael's trying to lay out this is who Brian is. He's selfish. He only cares about himself. You just need to leave him alone. Don't worry about it. And then Justin's like, well, if that's true, why do you follow him around all the time? Mm-hmm. And Michael's like, well, because we're best friends and there's no judgment, no obligations, no questions, no questions asked. And then Justin's like, no, you just waiting on him to finish. Yeah, exactly. But it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Waiting on him to so finish. It's like, okay, Justin is uh, kind of smart. Yes, he's quick. He, yeah, he picked up on mm-hmm. that real quick. Like, the, I mean, he's known them for just some hours. Yeah, hours. Late, not 24. 24 hours. But yeah, around about <laughs> at this point, he has already picked up on that. And then so Michael's all in a huff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Debbie comes out and they're walking home and, you know, she's just being Debbie. And she's like, you're going out cruising, babe? And he's like, no, I'm going to my gay apartment and my gay yeah. life and all this Pissy. stuff. Yeah. And then she asks him what's going on. And he's like, well, Brian. And Debbie's like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, she I'm so tired her eyes. of him. Yeah. And, and just like that you keep letting him get to you. Like, yeah. And she- She's been urging Michael to find someone so she wouldn't have to focus all his time on Brian. Yeah. So they are approaching uh, Debbie's house and they notice that the lights are on and Debbie's like, oh my gosh, all the lights on. What's going on with Vic? So mm-hmm. we're about to meet a new ca- another character. So we go in and we meet Vic. It turns out Vic is Michael's uncle, Debbie's mm-hmm. brother. And he's sitting there and they were panicked and worried. We don't really know why they would be that way just yet, but... Um, 
So they're they're panicked, and uh, she's like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "I got the I got my bills in." And you find out that he and that Vic splurge. and Debbie yeah, splurged <laughs> went on this trip of a lifetime in Italy, flew first class, bought diamonds yes. and all this stuff, racked up this huge uh, charge. And I don't know if it tells us later, but we're gonna go ahead and talk about it. Well, at least introduce it. Well, now. she she's made a comment and said, "You're lucky to still be here." Right, because that's what he said. Mm -hmm. He's like the only you know he wasn't expecting to come back from that trip. Exactly. So. And she said, "What do you mean you're so lucky to still be here?" Which means he's clearly suffering. He's yeah. I, they we haven't, see there are a lot of pill bottles on the counter. Yes. So they haven't really um, expressed what he's suffering from, but clearly you know he has some type of illness and some ailments going on. Yeah, but I like the end of that. Uh, where he's like, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay this? And Debbie says, hustle. Exactly. <laughs> Better go get it by any means necessary, babe. Yeah. Got to do something strange to For make a little change. change, babe. Yeah. yeah. So then Michael leaves them downstairs, kind of like, oh, my silly mom and uncle. And he goes upstairs to his bedroom. And what we see is his bedroom is very much frozen in time. Like, he's still got the superhero curtains, a twin-size <laughs> bed. He's looking at his toys. Like, everything about the room is frozen in time. And then he goes to this little trunk at the foot of his bed and buried under, you know, three items of clothing <laughs> is this magazine, the one that Brian referenced earlier in the show. When they were 14. So yeah. 15 years later, For he real, still has still. this magazine. And so we, like, not only is his room frozen in time, but so is Michael because mm -hmm. he's sitting there on the edge of that bed and he's reliving that scene with him and with him and Brian. Mm -hmm. And he is being just as affected by it. Yes. <laughs> now, extremely. 15 years later, as he was then. And so now we kind of have some keys <laughs> to understanding things the about relationship the Michael. History, yeah. It's mm -hmm. like what Justin said is 100% true. He is still holding on, waiting for that. Which going back to uh, 101, something that we that we mentioned was up on the rooftop, Michael seemed a little upset right. about Brian having this baby. And I could be wrong, but what I think is that he is seeing Brian have a connection and something with Lindsay that mm -hmm. he'll never have with Brian. Exactly. And so there's some jealousy toward Lindsay too. True. Like now you're bonded to Lindsay through this baby. You don't have that with me. And so he's jealous of that. See, I picked up on the jealousy, but I didn't think of that. You are so right. I did not think of it in yeah. that aspect. But yeah, he does. He will forever have that connection right. um, with Lindsay um, yeah. because of Gus. Yeah. And this, of course, also explains why he was so mean to Justin too. I think it's a real sore spot for Michael to have to see Brian with somebody. And Brian flaunts them in his face yeah. constantly. Yeah. So. And Brian knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. But also he's probably like, just, you know, move on, Michael. Exactly. <laughs> but, um... But uh, so that's why when when they finally dropped Justin off at school at the end of 101, Brian's, uh, Michael's like, oh, I'm glad we're finally done with him because I think it's, it's just like yeah, I get to move back into my number one spot. Right. And it's just like I'll grip my teeth and, you know, you know, ball my fist real tight just to kind of bear it through Brian being with whoever and then get them out of the way and we move on. Mm -hmm. I have a question, though. Yeah. And uh, I'm really not harping on Melanie and Lindsay. I'm not. No, no, no. But. When do you stand up for your spouse? Yeah. That's the question I want to know. Like, when do you stand up? I feel like Lindsay just plays like a little church mouse. Yeah. She's in the middle. She can easily tell Brian to stay in his place, mm -hmm. you know, and have uh, Melanie's back. But I haven't seen it yet. But we've only seen one episode, I mean, two episodes. Yeah. So I just want to know when 
is the time. I mean, yes, he is the father of this child. Yeah. But she's playing your, she's your wife. Yeah. So she's going to be a parent in this child's life as well. It's her house that y'all staying in. Yeah. When do you have her back and not always Brian's, you know? Exactly. And that, you know, that brings up the scene that we do have with them where, um, you know, Lindsay is breastfeeding baby Gus and her and Melanie are talking. And quick note I want to make, we get to see them be whole people too. You know, mm, a lot of times mm-hmm. what we see of lesbians on TV, they're just kind of like eye candy for straight men. True. Two like college age girls, mm-hmm. like having this little spring Look break his. fling or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's more about for the straight men man's you know uh, fantasy. for his fantasy but i like that we get to see them be whole people like mm-hmm. these are two women who love each other and are raised you're going to have a family together but there's also some heat in their relationship too like True. there's passion there so uh-huh. they're not just like you know because other side of it is they get they're like super manly butch right but you know they no, they're very do, sensual and, yeah. and they're soft and they're loving yeah but okay so to get back to what we were talking about they're having a discussion on whether or not they, you know, Lindsay's like, were we too hard on Brian? Should we not have made a big deal about it? And Melanie's like, why? Is his mm-hmm. kid? Like, why can't we, you know, do this? And I like how this one is shot because it it just brings up an interesting point because they're having that conversation. And like you said, Lindsay is defending Brian. Uh-huh. And Brian's over here on the 2000 version of Grinder. Yes, <laughs> yes, know, seriously. Trying to order some takeout. Yes. <laughs> With a tape, me- <laughs> With a tape, tape measure, measure <laughs> yeah. measuring his computer screen. Yeah, and Lindsay's like, oh, we were too hard on him. Mel's like, no, we were not. No. Mel's a realist. <laughs> she you is. know what I'm saying? I can yeah. rock with her. Yeah, so, yeah, but that is, that's something that we're going to continue to see play out. You know, what's going on with Melanie and, and Lindsay and, um, you know, what you said, like, when is she going to stand up stand for up. her, her, her relationship? Yeah. yeah. And so on. she's telling her, like, hey, anytime you question who comes first, you should know that it's you is what Lindsay's saying. But I can see why Mel is like, Because actions then. speak louder than yeah. words. I mean, you're telling me this, but I have not seen you say anything or move in that direction. Yeah. I need you to show me. Yeah. You know, I'm feeling exactly. unappreciated right now. Exactly. And then, you know, Mel don't want to be too hard on Lindsay postpartum and all that. Right, so she, right. I mean, she have to choose her fights and her battles wisely. And um, but I just feel like she's getting the short end of the stick. Yeah, she definitely mm-hmm. is. Okay, so we are at the loft, and Brian's um, mail order man is <laughs> supposed to be showing up. Mm. And so he goes to the door, whips it open, and it is Justin Taylor. Yeah, sitting there in <laughs> yeah. the flesh. And he's like, "I need to talk to you." And Brian's like, "Look, you can't just be rolling up to my house." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, so Justin's like, I just want to talk. Let me in. And Brian's like, No, we're done. You need to go home. Well, then you know, old guy. Yeah. Uh, what was it, Mister Goodfuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or George. Yeah. Uh, or George. Yeah. Whatever. He rolls in, and Justin's watching this, and just like he's kind of heartbroken. Hurt. He's heartbroken yeah. that Brian can move on so quickly, and like it's nothing. And uh, so Brian's like, you need to go. I'm about to, you know, do some stuff. Exactly. So it's time for you to go. So Justin leaves. And I like that old... Um, Mr. George. <laughs> yeah. We just call him George. <laughs> that he uh, is like, hey, you need to go talk to him. Exactly. Like, we know the game because we're older. We're, we're experienced. But that's a young kid. But you just yeah. sent him out this time of night. Go get him. Right. You know? You, know what, you know what he's going through, what he's thinking about. Go after him. And so... Brian does go down. At there. first, Brian tried to give some pushback, but yeah. George gave him a look like, this is not going down for until real. you go handle that. For so real. he was a stand up guy so, for that. Okay, George. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, go ahead. He was a stand up. But um, like Justin said, he was ugly. Yeah, he was ugly. Yeah, Brian, the tricks that he chooses. Does he just want anything? Yeah, and that's what Justin tells him when he gets down there. He's like anybody, anytime. You don't even care. You're just indiscriminate about it. Yeah. Uh, so they're down there, and Justin is like. You know, I came here to see you, I wanted to talk to you, like, I want to be with you. And Brian's like, nope, you can't have me, I'm too old for you. Like, look, it was just a one-night thing. Mm -hmm. um, you need to move on, you need to go. And at some point in that conversation, I think Brian doesn't have a change of heart, but he approaches it from a different angle where it's like, I don't think he's trying to hurt Justin. Right. He's just trying to tell him, which... Part of it is wise advice. Hey, you shouldn't be putting all your hopes on a twenty-nine-year-old. Right, this is your first time yeah. out the gate, your first experience. You probably shouldn't read too much. Yeah, into you it. have so, so many more years right. ahead so of you. So he's really trying mm -hmm. to give him, just like in the first episode, he was mentoring him in a way. He's really trying mm -hmm. to give him some life advice here. It's got a Brian Kenny slant to it because he's like, I don't believe in love. Exactly. It's a yeah. Lie that that heterosexuals tell each other, and so it's like, okay, yeah. clearly Brian's jaded and cynical, but he really thinks that he's helping just. Mm -hmm. By telling him this, uh, I just you know, and like you said, um, he is mentoring, uh, but more like a tough love way. Yeah, you tough know? love, exactly. Mm -hmm. More like tough love, but that's not what Justin's looking for. Yeah, you know, not at all. Yeah, and then so this is kind of how it ends with Justin hops in the car, crying. And he, yeah, crying, bless his heart, heartbroken. Y'all don't make fun of him; he's heartbroken. No. I mean, he literally professed all his love. Yeah. I mean, to Daphne about how much he loved this man, and Brian knows how much he loved him. He had to see him. He chased you down twice. Yeah. He showed up at one bar when you didn't know he was gonna yeah. be there, and he showed up at your house. Yeah. So he's definitely making the efforts, but right. you, you're shutting him out every single yeah. time. So, yeah. and you'd rather you know, invest time in nothing nobodies, you yeah, know? So, I mean, right. I see where he's coming from. He's heartbroken. His yeah, first love. Yeah, he was. And, um, but he, in Brian's face, he's just, it's not like, oh, finally you're gone. Like, he looks he, like, look, he's hey, hurt I too. hate yeah. that I had, yeah, mm -hmm. he's a little hurt. It's like, I hate that I had to be the one to tell you that, but that's just what it's it life. is. It is what it yeah, is. Something that I like here, the song that's playing, part of the lyrics say, um, it's like I could I could sleep all night, but you're in my dreams or something like that, which ties back to the ending of the first episode. I'll see you in my dream. You in my yeah, mm -hmm. and so like I like that connection between the two things, and so that's where the episode ends. But there's a deleted scene. What we see happen in the deleted scene is uh, Brian goes back up to his uh, loft. And George is on the bed, completely nude. And Brian's like, what are you doing? And the guy's like, uh, clearly. And Brian just says, I'm not in the mood, you know, uh, because this is yeah. what he just had to go through with Justin. Yeah, like, I'm not in the mood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, you know, uh, you should just go, get dressed, and leave. And um, Brian was completely kind of like despondent there. And then... He's walking off, and the guy's like starting off the bed, and then Brian's like, ah, oh, whatever, you know. So oh, man. Yeah. So I'm glad. That, oh, in a way, wow. I'm glad that they deleted that because I think it is stuck more mm -hmm. to have it with Justin driving off mm -hmm. and Brian just kind of having. And you never know how it there. ended. Yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. But part of me likes knowing that it Brian was affected. By exactly. It, but I don't. I'm glad that they. Yeah, I thank God they didn't show it because if Brian would have been like, "Yeah, leave," I was like, "I was like, what, Brian? Yeah, he did that?" And yeah. then, oh my God! And yeah. then, like, well, forget it. Typical Brian. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad they cut that too. Yeah. So I was telling Ken that um, when I first watched this show years ago, I saw the first two episodes and then didn't see any more for a long stretch of time. And I don't know how she did that. I know because just watching this the other day, I almost went to cry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not Person. You left that on the cliffhanger like yeah, that? I, so that's kind of how I left it. So at this point, 
we've had the the pilot or the premiere episode. Um, we've met for our main cast mm-hmm. of characters. We've uh, been to some, like I said, some of their playgrounds. We kind of know the world that they're operating in. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like going forward, we'll be able to do some more like analysis of these characters. Individually. Yeah, and just kind of see, okay, this is why that person would respond that way. And we're just going to get some answers to some questions. But even at this point, it's clear that this show is not just about sex. Exactly. And guys, we want y'all to be interactive with us as well. I mean, if you pick up on something and you have an idea you want us to address yeah. or, you know, you have some, uh, uh, you know, your own opinion on, on this episode, I mean, definitely leave us a comment. I mean, definitely. We, we want it to be a, definitely an interactive show. Um, yeah. We want to keep it fun. Yeah, we want to interact with other people. I love just discussing this show and hearing other people's opinions and thinking about things that I wouldn't have considered before. So, yeah, absolutely do that. Um, okay, so that's been 102. All right, it is 102. And again, guys, I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we want to thank you so much for tuning in to Liberty Diner Dish. Bye. Bye, see ya. Thank you.